Hey, we hope you're having a great day and we just want to welcome you to our podcast together at Metro Fellowship. Our vision and our mission is all together now. We are a dynamic church in DeSoto, Texas on the outskirts of Dallas. We'd love for you to stop by sometime. You can find out more about our church at www.metrosouthwind.org. So let's get ready to hear the word today. Today's podcast is called Mission Impossible. So get comfortable, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Word of God. But I want to tell you about something today. John chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 11 says that he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and it dwelt among us, And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Hallelujah. So what I want to talk about is um, today is I want to talk about Jesus. About 2,000 years ago, he, uh, he left the angels in heaven, and they all watched in amazement as the only Son of God came to earth on a mission. He was on a mission too. And so while he was living in this earth, clothed in a human body, God's son who took the form of a man gave up all his divine rights. He gave up his right to call the angels and call the host of heaven to to come and help him, to do anything for him, to serve him. He came as a man so he could walk like we walk, so he could feel what we feel. And as a man, he was tempted in every area of life. Any way that you or I have been tempted, he was tempted. And if he would have succumbed to even one temptation, his mission would have been aborted. It would have been, you know, like, uh, you know, on Mission Impossible or something, you see that somebody messes up, so they have to scrap the whole mission and everybody go home. It would have been that. If he would have failed and fallen even for one temptation, but he didn't. And, and if, he, if it would have happened and he would have failed, then I just wonder, would the whole earth have been doomed? What would have happened to my salvation and my eternity? But... He didn't. He never failed even one part of it. So while he lived as a man the whole time, 
uh, Jesus was completely in communication with his father. And that communication remained unbroken for the whole time. His obedience to the father was complete. It was total. It was nothing short of perfect. And this communion that he enjoyed with the father was very crucial to the completion of his mission. And, and as we get into this, you're going to understand what I, where I'm going to. But this son, Jesus, his mission on earth was not just one mission. This last week when I had kids on Zoom, I asked, tell me your favorite thing about Jesus. What's your favorite story about Jesus? And I'm telling you, all of them, 100% said he died on the cross. And I thought that was awesome. But he not only died on the cross, he had more missions even than just that. And I want to tell you about them today. In his teachings, and you read them, he revealed all of his missions. They all had to be completed completely and totally without error. And during this brief time that was on earth, amazingly, he did it. He completed every mission. And today, I want to title this sermon, Mission Impossible. Or is it? Mission Impossible. Even if he would have failed even one part of this mission, all would have been lost. You've uh, Maybe in school or something, you read that book, Paradise Lost. I mean, paradise would have been lost if Jesus had failed even in one area. There were at least 27 missions that had to be completed, and completely and totally, he did it. He did it. But first, I want to talk about who he said he was. It's so important when, it, you know, when somebody comes to present yourself, themselves for a job or something, you need to understand what their credentials are, what their bio is. And I want to tell you who he said he was. He said that he is the one and only son of God. He said that he was sent to earth by God the Father. He said that he was the only one who had come from heaven to earth. He said that he is the eternal I am. And it was so important that he said he was from the the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. He said, I'm the I am. And John 8, 58, he answered and he said, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born I am. Everybody say, I am. John 18, 6, just as Judas the betrayer came to the garden, and and him and the soldiers were there to arrest Jesus. And the soldiers came, and it was was the middle of the night, and they came up to Jesus, and they asked him, are you Jesus? And he said, I am he. I am. And what happened to those soldiers? They drew back, and they fell down. Because I'm telling you, when you come into the presence of the I am Jesus, the I am, the power is there. So this, the sixth thing that he said he was, this is his bio, he is in perfect unity and oneness with God the Father. He's the Messiah. He's the Holy One of God. He's the King of the kingdom of heaven. He's the teacher of ultimate truth. And all this is all scripture. This is what he declared himself. He's the light of the world. He's the bread of life. He's the eternal judge. He said he is the door. He is the good shepherd. He's the resurrection. He's the life. 
He's the vine. He is all these things. He declared himself to be, and he did it. And it was proven in his actions. If you watch everything he did while he was on earth, he, he, he performed signs, miracles, wonders. He cast out demons left and right. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. And all these teachings that he taught astonished people. It astonished people that couldn't read. It astonished the lowly, the poor. It astonished the very well uh, educated. Men and women were astonished at everything that he said when he was here, and it changed lives. He had the perfect word every time for every encounter that he made. Every encounter was a life-changing encounter when Jesus walked this earth. And, and this, if you read the, first, the gospel, the first four books of the New Testament, you're going to see everything he said, everything he did, exactly who he was and what he called himself to do. It was the mission, the mission impossible. So Jesus lists of missions. This is what he uh, accomplished, the mission, and every single one was perfect and complete. His first mission was to bring us truth. He did it. His next mission was to speak his father's words to us. He did it. His next vision, uh, mission was to show us the father, that we could see the father through him. Prior to that, we could not see him. We couldn't experience him until Jesus came, and then we knew the Father completely. His fourth one was to make the Father known to us. His fifth one was to do his Father's will. And it's so crazy whenever you think about it. In Genesis, whenever original sin first happened, Adam and Eve had failed and, and they, were, they were being pushed out of the garden. And there they stood with the serpent and God speaking to them. And God told Eve, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. And he, the Messiah, will crush your head and you will strike his heel. The, the prophecy, I mean, the words were in place at that point, And that is when the gospel plan began to enact in, in, in because God knew what was going to happen. He had ordained it that the seed of woman, which would be in Jesus Christ, would crush the head of Satan. And it was so complete that on the cross, Jesus declared, it is finished and he died. And that completed that mission. The sixth thing, his mission was to be the light, and he was. The next was to be the bread of life, and he asked us all to come and eat and enjoy this bread of life. That's where we only find life is through Jesus Christ. The next one was to be the capstone, which is the final stone that is put when the builders are complete. He was the capstone. He's the final thing in the foundation. He's the final piece. It is Jesus. He, his 10th thing was to preach the gospel. And the elements of preaching that gospel was to preach the good news to the poor. He did it to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And, and some people wonder, what is that? The acceptable year? Is there a certain year coming that's going to be the year? Well, let me tell you what the acceptable year of the Lord is. 
This is the time that Jesus was going to sacrifice himself so that we may become acceptable to the Lord. That's the acceptable year of the Lord. He completed that mission. Then the other element of the preaching the gospel was to preach the good news of God's kingdom. He did it. To proclaim freedom to the prisoners. He did it. He was the yoke breaker, the sin destroyer, the chain releaser. He did all of that. And then to Uh, declare that sinners must repent. And I don't know if you consider yourself a sinner, but I've been a sinner before. And I'm telling you that I've repented and the Lord set me free. He forgave me. He washed all my sins away. It's the best feeling in the world and I invite you to do it. That is the gospel. The 11th mission that Jesus had was to save the world from sin and really to save us from the consequences of sin. Because the sin itself may seem good. It may seem all right. But it's those consequences of death, hell, and the grave, and eternity without the Lord. He came to save us from that. He came to forgive sin. His 13th mission was to release the oppressed. 14, to heal the sick. 15, to seek the lost. 16, to lay down his life. The 17th one was to give us eternal life. 18, to give us abundant life. So it's not just eternity. I'm going to live in eternity with him, but my life is going to be abundant. It's going to be blessed. And that's what he came to give. The 19th thing that his, of his mission was to lose no sheep. And John 6.39 says, And this is the will of him who sent me. This is what Jesus is saying. My father sent me that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. And I just want to speak to anyone here listening today. If you feel that you have fallen away or you have lost, he's saying right now, that's one of his missions is to come and find you. Let him find you. He's seeking you today. The 20th thing is to give his life as a scapegoat. Because it wasn't that he just gave his life as a condemned man, that he had been accused of all these things, and, you know, he was an innocent man going to the slaughter. But the fact is, he was a scapegoat. What he was accused of was my sin. What he was accused of was your sin. He took that and he was the scapegoat who gave his life. That was his 20th mission. The 21st mission that he had was to fulfill the law. The law, you know, the law came in the Old Testament. It was laid down. Nobody could measure up to the law. None of us could keep it. But Jesus came and he was the first man with God on the inside who was able to literally fulfill the law. He fulfilled every prophecy. That's the 22nd thing. There were 108 prophecies given and he fulfilled every single one. If you go and look at the odds of that, it's like one in 10 to the 157th power. That's like, you know, one in like 157 zeros behind it. It was literally impossible for any person to fulfill all 108 prophecies, but Jesus did it. That was his 23rd mission. 
uh, and then the, uh, the 22nd mission, and then the 23rd mission was he sanctified himself so that he could sanctify us. His final prayer before he was taken by the soldiers, in John 17, 19, he said, for them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. Let the sanctified say amen. Hallelujah. The 24th thing, the 24th mission that he completed was to be murdered on a cross. And he did it. He was unjustly executed. He was murdered. A lot of people just like to say that he died on a cross, but it wasn't just any little death. Like one day we may lay in our bed and just as we're asleep, we may die. That's dying. But it was a murder. It was an unjust execution against an innocent man. He was murdered. But after he was murdered comes the 25th mission was to be raised from the dead. He did it. He completed the mission. The 26th was to establish the kingdom. He came, he established the kingdom, and now we're living in the culture of his kingdom. Praise God. And the 27th thing that I found as a mission that he came to complete. It's not one everybody likes to talk about, but he came to be a divider, a divider. It says in Luke 12, starting at verse 49, Jesus said, I've come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled, but I have a baptism to undergo and how distressed I am until it's completed. You know he was grieving in his spirit whenever he was encountering this mission of what had to be done. He said, do you think that I came to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other. Three against two, two against three, they'll be divided. Father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. It's going to happen on every level. He, his mission was to be the divider. And I'm just like, you know, I I like to think about the sweet Jesus, but this is the dividing Jesus. He's the divider of those who love righteousness from those who love unrighteousness. He's the divider of those who love light against those who love darkness. He's the divider of those who love truth and those who love lies. He's the divider of those who embrace God and those who declare they are their own God. He's the divider of those who are against him versus those who are for him. Now, he said he's the divider. He didn't say, Londa's the divider. I don't decide this. He said he is the divider. And it's a difficult thing to think about, but he says here, those who want to be the God of their own lives will never be in unity with those who choose to deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. When you take up your cross and you follow him, it's going to automatically divide you away from some things. And you may feel that, but we have to trust him because he's Jesus. He's the son of God. He's the only begotten of the father. And he is king of kings. Now he gives a promise to those who follow him. And this follow means those who learn from him, 
those who obey him, those who trust him. He says, number one, you're going to become true disciples. You're going to become his true disciple when you follow. You're going to receive the knowledge of truth when you follow. All of this is in John 8. You can read it for yourself. You're going to be liberated from enslavement to sin when you follow. You're going to gain intimacy with me, Jesus. He says that. You're going to gain intimacy with Jesus the Son, and God the Father. This is in John 14. You're going to be loved by the Father and Son in a special way, John 14. He, Jesus said he's going to reveal himself to you. That's in John 14. The Father and the Son are going to come to you, John 14. The Father and the Son are going to make their home with you. You're going to be cleansed from your sin, your, your prayers will be answered when you follow. You're going to bear much eternal fruit when you follow. You're going to dwell and you're going to remain in his love. You're going to dwell in his love when you follow him. Jesus' joy is going to be in you when you follow him. And your joy is going to be full. It's going to be complete. It's going to be overflowing. All this in John chapter 15. Your house and your life, the promise to you when you follow is that your house, your life will not be destroyed, but you're going to have eternal life. Matthew 7, your life is going to be built on him when you follow him. And that means when you trust him, when you obey him, when you do what he commands. 17 is so important. Here's a promise. Whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name, in John 14, 13 through 14, it says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may be, bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, this is what's so special about that. A lot of times you hear people pray, and they quickly say, In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, they kind of throw this around a little bit. But I want you to get a new perspective on it. This is a power of attorney. This is like a check and you sign on the account, but the money in the account is not yours. It is in heaven. Whenever you pray and you say, in Jesus' name, I command you to be healed when you pray for the sick, you need to think, change your thinking now. Change your thinking. You're using power of attorney. So that means you're doing what that person would do if they were here. When I pray in Jesus' name, I'm going to pray for what Jesus would pray for if he were here. So when I see the sick and I, and I see they're hurting, they're in pain, they're disabled, whatever they are, I, don't need, to th- I, I need to stop thinking about me and my desire and my abilities because I'm carrying this power of attorney with me. That's the name of Jesus. And so all I need to think about is what would Jesus do if he were here? Well, he would pray for the sick and he would raise the dead. He would see signs and miracles and wonders. So I take that power of attorney out and I say, okay, in Jesus' name, be healed. It's not my authority. It's, it's his. He said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. I'm going to do it. So it's so powerful that you change the way that you even think whenever you pray in Jesus' name. 
Your boldness is not about your own authority or your own ability or your own knowledge or wisdom or anything. That in Jesus' name, that is the power and authority that Jesus gave you to pray. Ask in my name and I will do it. That's what Jesus said. So Jesus wants to know, he wanted to know, he asked the disciples who we think he is. He asked the disciples, and they, he said, who do men say that I am, the Son of Man? So they said, well, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. They didn't know what to say. But I want to ask you today, who do you say that Jesus is? Who is he today to you? And you may be listening to a message like this for the first time, you've never heard of anything like this. So I just want to challenge every kind of cultural thought that's out there. Is he some kind of a best friend to you? Is he your best friend to talk to? Is he some kind of like a Santa Claus or sugar daddy or somebody that you just go to and ask him for things? Is he just some wise speaker that you heard of and you think he has a lot of wise sayings? Do you think he's some kind of an imaginary friend that just kind of goes with you and he brings you, you know, he's, he's just there? Do you think that he is a character or something like from a fiction story or maybe a fable? Is he something that some people have talked about, but you don't really know him? Who is Jesus? Who do you say Jesus is? Is he, the, is he like the bail bond guy that just comes and gets you out of trouble? You only call on him when you're in trouble, and he's kind of like bail bond Jesus? Is he the name that you just say when you're saying a prayer, and you just, in Jesus' name, amen? Is he? Is he your mama's grandma, uh, Jesus? Is he your grandma's Jesus? Who is he to you? Who is Jesus? Is he someone that you're saving till the end of your life and you think you'll make a quick little transaction at the end of your life and accept him? Is that who Jesus is to you today? Because your plan is to do your will now and you'll come to him later. Is he some kind of like a community organizer to you? You think he just showed up in Israel and tried to make things better for them or bring social justice or something like that? Is he that or you thought he, maybe he was just a public speaker? Do you think that, uh, that he lived and he died just to promote kindness and goodness and doing the right thing? Do you think that? Is he some kind of like a... a a wise man like Gandhi or something who sits around just saying wise things. Who is Jesus to you? I've told you who Jesus is, and I'm going to tell you this now, that you cannot rewrite him. You cannot remold him into your own image or how you want him to be. He is Jesus, and he is the great I am, and he came on a mission impossible, seemed impossible, but he checked every mark, and he did it all. He completed every mission to perfection. That's who Jesus is. John 14, 12 says, anyone, this is what Jesus said, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. I'm going to say it again. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. And he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. 
And he sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us so that we could do those greater things. In Luke 16, it says, no matter what we say we believe, our hearts and our actions express what we really believe. Addressing this, Jesus said, you, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men, but God knows your heart. He knows my heart. He knows if I'm standing up here saying all this and I don't even believe it, God knows it, and I do believe it. I wouldn't take the time. I believe it. He knows my heart. He knows your heart to the very end. And then he says, what is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. That's Luke 16. Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24 put it very well. It says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, capital M-E, me. That's the Lord. That I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Man's mission is to glory in wisdom, is to glory in might, to glory in riches. That's man's mission. We all have that tendency. We're all wired to do that. But the Lord is calling us to something else. Let us, let our mission change that we glory in Christ Jesus. That we, that we, our mission changes that we see and follow after the great I am. The one that the soldiers fell back on the ground when he declared, yes, I am he. That's who he is. And all power and might, all power and might. He turns the impossible to the possible. And I don't know where you're at right now in life. And there's so many things going on. People have challenges right now. And it seems like whenever I look at people in the midst of this pandemic, coronavirus, COVID-19, it seems like there's all far extremes. Either people are, have been at home with nothing to do and they're bored and they're lonely and maybe they're, they, you know, they're, they're running out of resources. They don't know what to do. They may be feeling like that all the way to maybe even our frontline workers who are overwhelmed. They have childcare to deal with and they've got extra hours. They've got the family to take care of. They've got so much and they don't have enough time in their day. And wherever you're at and whatever you're facing now, Jesus is here for you. And I wanted to declare Jesus to you so you really know who he is, that he came, he checked off every mission that seemed impossible because it was impossible for us, but it's possible, was possible for him because he completed them to perfection. If you would bow your head and let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just come to you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you completed the mission. We thank you that you completed every task that God the Father gave you and you completed it in totality and completeness and total perfection and you did it all, Lord, and you are our scapegoat. You did it for us. 
I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you came back to life, that I could have new life. And here today, you're offering the same thing to anyone here today who needs it. And maybe you just are, people are are just feeling overwhelmed and they know the Lord, but they're feeling overwhelmed. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I pray right now, Lord, that you just bless them with that peace and that rest that only Jesus can give. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We repent before you of any way we've disappointed you. We ask you to come into our lives. Whoever needs that, Lord, we just ask him right now in your own words. He'll come to you. He's there. He says that that he's drawing men to him, and today he's drawing you to him. Be encouraged. He's drawing you to him right now. He wants you. You are his mission today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hey, we hope this bless you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel. We'll see you next time.